0: Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, JB, and Danny Oakstad.
1: Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode number 52 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. We are your hosts. First off, I am Matt Olson. Hello, hi. Over there, we have Danny Oakstead. Danny Oakstead. Will a real Danny Oakstead please stand up? Nah, okay, well, he ain't here tonight, folks. He is out doing, uh, I don't know, Danny things. But we do have our mascot back, JB.
0: Hello. Hey there.
1: Let's try and keep this on rails without uh, Big Daddy Danny here. <laughs> Let's try not to deviate you don't too don't yourself. <laughs> Folks, we'll try our best, we promise. Can't guarantee. Danny is honestly the one that keeps us together. So we'll see how this goes. Enjoy the ride with us. So before we jump into the breakdown, we just want to remind you of our fabulous, fabulous sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located at the West Acres Mall in Fargo, North Dakota. They are stocked up on a bunch of Magic products and singles. Uh, Just there the other day, they still got uh, Ikoria Commander decks, if you're looking for those. You can never go wrong with uh, picking up Commander decks. Also, one thing that J-Dubs is doing or has done is they assist you with getting cards graded through Beckett or PSA. All you have to do is fill out an online form, submit it in, give them your cards. They send them in bulk. It saves you a lot of money it, instead of you doing it yourself where you would have to pay for the shipping, the grading and all that stuff. j They do it all in bulk, fill out the form, hit them up in any way, uh, check their uh, email or not their email, their website. That's the word, their website. And one last thing that they just started this week. They have a bounty program now. Want to give us a little details on that there, JB, since you were there when it was conceived?
0: That I was. I was. So what it is, is any, you know, highly sought after stuff, um, like mainly like Shockland, stuff like that. As an example, um, whenever they're out of stock, they're going to add an extra 10% trade-in bonus on anything that has a, you know, a bounty, if you will.
1: Boom. Trade-in cards. Uh, Arid Mesa is one uh, Polluted Delta, and there are two more right now. I can't remember. But if you got those, you don't need them. You want to get a little extra trade-in bonus. You know where to go. Hit up J-Dubs for their bounty program. But let's give you the breakdown of this episode now. First off, we're going to talk about some past weekend event results, then move into upcoming events, all at the Boggle Desk TM. If they make a card in a Commander product, or any product, like if we ever go back to Lorwyn and there's a Boggle Desk...
0: I feel like that would be more of an unset. Oh,
1: there we go. Morrow, hit us up. We have ideas. If that happens, JB, you're getting that tattooed on your shoulder. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> Run up my forearm. Make it worth it.
1: Wouldn't that be your calf, though? Do boggles have hands?
0: True. True story, I guess. <laughs>
1: And then, without Danny leading us into BNR news updates, I will be your ferry guide. Ferry? No, not not like the magical fairy, but you know, like the boat ferry guide through that. And then, we go into the finance section, where we talk about the weekly winners through MTG Stocks. And then, closing off with a deck of the week. So, JB, we are now at the Boggle Desk.
0: That we are. So first up, we had the MTG Arena Zone Historic Open that happened. So first place, we had Simic Ramp. Second place, we had Mono Blue Tempo. Third place, Mono Red Goblins. Fourth place was Rakdos Midrange. Fifth place, we had Advanced Spirits. Sixth place, we had Rakdos Midrange. Seventh place was Mono Red Burn, and eighth place was Mono Red Goblins. A lot of red.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. Ranging from, you know, like, the Rakdos just to the modern, or modern, modern, mono red.
0: Everybody wanted to go fast. But Sonic is blue. (laughs) Well, that's why Simic Ramp won. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh okay so yeah so sonic is semicolors then ramps out fast
0: so then that will do it for our past events i know blame covid we don't have anything cool um, but for upcoming we have the mythic invitational and that's coming up the 10th through the 13th of september each day starting at 9 a.m., top eights are going to be the sec, or September 12th through the 13th. Day one is September 10th. Day two is September 11th. Format is going to be historic constructed. Deck submission needs to be in no later than Sunday, September 6th at 1159. So get those decks submitted. And also later
1: on in the news, we're going to talk about uh, talk about the Invitational a little more. There, there's a, a survival guide specifically that Watsy dropped. Figured it was an interesting read, and it also gives us some information more about the Invitational.
0: All right, so with that, I guess I'll turn it over to Matt this time. See if we have a B and R.
1: Nothing. Nothing in the BNRs. No, no last-minute updates. But we'll see. Don't I mean? Wasi's already said that they're going to be going on the non-warning us of BNRs. It's just like the BNRs happened. No announcement for an announcement anymore. Good. So let's go into that blog tag of the week, which is the super special. Teaser the Mark Rosewater teaser blog It's called Clues. So this is the article that uh, Mark Rosewater posts out, uh, has been posting out, giving teasers on some of the cards that are coming out in the upcoming set. And we're gonna take a little time on this because this is gonna be fun. We can speculate. So Mark Rosewater's on on Zendikar Rising teaser. Quote, "Before previews for Zendikar Rising officially begin, I thought it would be a fun I thought it would be fun to do another of my duelist style teasers where I give tiny hints of things to come." Note, not that note that I'm only giving you partial information. First up, here's some things you can expect. First, we have a white creature That can make an opponent lose the game simply by attacking them no matter how much life they have. Dude, that's awesome. People have been speculating it's an ally-themed one where you attack with X amount of allies and your opponent loses the game.
0: Okay, that would not be cool. Garrett doesn't need that. (laughs) Freedom Fighters 3.0,
1: baby. Uh, The next one is a multicolor creature that lets you repeatedly... Reanimate permanence out of your opponent's graveyard for no mana. Oh, good lord. For this, though, I imagine it's going to be something like sack a creature or pay an obscene amount of life. You know, like sack two creatures, get something out of a graveyard, or pay five life, get something out of a graveyard. I imagine, to me, that seems a little lenient. Uh, Maybe the restrictions are a little more, like maybe you got to actually sack like four or five, but I imagine it's going to be sacking creatures or losing life. I feel that those are the options. Really,
0: All right, so next up we have three creatures with five creature types. That's a lot. That's going to be a squish type line. Now with this
1: one, this one I imagine it's going to be they enter the battlefield and they have a chance of becoming a creature type, depending on what you choose, kind of a thing, maybe or um, you know, like the uh, figure of destiny that came out in Lorwin where you kind of like level it up, like you paid mana into it and became, it started off as a 1-1, one, one. then was a 2-2 two, two Kithkin Soldier, or then a Kithkin Warrior. So I think maybe the typing changes, possibly. Like level up was a thing. I don't think that's going to be the recurring mechanic, but maybe it's going to be like the, the rec- returning mechanic without that name level up. So like gains its creature types as it goes on. Like start off as a merfolk, then merfolk warrior, then a merfolk vampire, then a merfolk something. Example. Have no idea.
0: <laughs> so then, next up, we have an artifact granting plus two, plus two to a subset of creatures that first appeared in alpha. Well.
1: Let's take a quick break here to see if we can figure this out. Ooh. All right. That first appeared. We have, oh, a wraith. Is that still a creature-type wraith? It is a creature-type wraith. Ooh, plus two, plus two to wraiths. Yeah. Skeletons, plus two plus two. Oh dwarves. No, there's no dwarves on uh whatchima calls it.
0: Ah
1: damn. I was gonna say force, but it's elemental. Force of nature. Summon force, but it's been errated to to be an elemental. Shade. Ooh, a fungusar? Uh fungusar says summon fungusar, but it's been errated to a fungus dinosaur. Probably not a fungus. Ogre? No, there's no ogres in uh, Zendikar. Tree folk. Oh. Plus two, plus two to tree folk. That would be cool. That we get tree folk back. I can't remember. Did original Zendikar have tree folk? Uh, Your guess is as good as mine. Well, moving on. I'm going to put a pin on, say, tree folk. That seems very Zendikar-like. Next one we have is X being used for a variable it's never been used for before. And that's a lot. A lot of people think that that is the new Nahiri that came out. But I don't know if it makes sense that Mark would spoil. So Mark, when he first spoiled this, was on Weekly MTG last Thursday with uh, Blake Rasmussen and Steve Snoo. And that's when they revealed uh, the Jace and Nahiri. We'll talk about those guys in a little bit here. But I don't know if he would be talking about a card that they're just spoiled in a teaser like this. So maybe... Well,
0: and X has been used on Planeswalkers before. Right.
1: I think uh, the War of the Spark Nahiri has that as well. yep,
0: there's a couple of them.
1: A 6-6 artifact creature that costs three and a 7-5 artifact creature that can cost three. Hmm. I'm thinking something like a defender, like that six six is gonna be a three mana with a uh, defender kind of a thing where it can't attack wow. or block unless you meet a certain requirement.
0: Slumbering dragon yep. effect, you know? Um no like Vantress Gargoyle. Boom. Oh that's that that's the more recent one.
1: I do like that. I do like that uh comparison there. It's gonna have a line of text like that probably. But the seven five that can cost three is gonna be a cost reduction. Would it be equipment? The amount of equipment that's out on the battlefield reduces the cost by this by one? Maybe. But it can cost. It has to be colored mana. A 7-5 with colored mana that gets reduced. No, no, no. It gets reduced to three colored mana. That's what it is. So the colorless gets cut off, and it's only three colored mana. For something like that, it could be a green creature then. Like this cost x less for each tree folk creature you have
0: in play maybe <laughs> okay so then we have the return of four mana symbols that have each only ever been used on two cards before
1: i think a lot of people are pretty confident that this one is like the two generic hybrid single color um
0: Oh, like... Uh, Beseech
1: the Queen and Reaper King.
0: Reaper King, yep.
1: Yep, that's what people are speculating. That's really the only thing that they can think of. And I I haven't done any independent research on that. I'm like, I mean, I, I couldn't even think of what it could be. My first thought is like, ooh, maybe they're bringing back the old plane symbol. <laughs> that's a joke, of course. That'd be a bad idea. <laughs> what was
0: the old symbol? It was just bulky and didn't look good. Oh, it just wasn't refined? Yeah, pretty much. So then we also have lands that come with a choice you've never had before.
1: Have you heard about the speculation on this one, JB?
0: Yeah, the double-sided
1: lands. What are your thoughts if that is a thing?
0: I think it's kind of cool.
1: So the the, the the premise with that, if I'm not mistaken, is that as it enters the battlefield, you choose a side and it enters with that. So example, uh, since I like red and blue spells, um, you get to choose whether it enters the battlefield as a mountain or a plains, but not specific. Like you can choose it to enter the battlefield as the side that produces mountain or produces plain or uh, islands. Jesus. Jesus, ah,
0: working on it, guys. I mean, I'm sorry. I think that would be a sweet dual land, being able to choose.
1: I would not disagree with you at all. I'm excited to like if if maybe there'd be a separate ability, like maybe you don't. Let's see, Lance, with a choice that you've never had before, yeah, and that, like, if each side had a, an ability, maybe as well.
0: No, nothing too strong,
1: like I'm thinking, uh, you know, like the memorials back in Dominaria, like something, like mm. nothing, nothing too powerful, but still very versatile, you know. Yeah. Because I'm like thinking about it and like having a land that it's like okay, I get to choose for this to be either an island or a mountain. It's like I mean, yeah, you get your mana fixing with that. You can specifically choose. It's like okay, now I need red, red. Cool, I just drew my double-faced red-blue land. I get to choose it red now. I mean, I would hope that maybe there would be like a little extra ability tacked on. But right. we will find out. Next, the biggest controversy of all in magic right now. There is a targeted enchantment removal in black. Mind you, Mind you, Mark Rosewater has not given us all the information on the card. With something like this, I'm picturing, I'm picturing it's an enchantment that sacks itself to also destroy an enchantment. Not like instant speed, doom blade, blow up an enchantment kind of a thing, you know? I don't like, think they're doing that. Or maybe it's like a creature that eats enchantments, you know? <laughs> It would make more sense if, like, the Eldrazi had an enchantment-like effect about them to where, as soon as they're gone, you know, you still have this, like, giant beast that was very keen at eating Eldrazi or something like that. So, you know, like, EGB, destroy an enchantment because it, like, eats the enchantment. But I'm not positive. I'm, I'm I'm definitely on the side of an enchantment that sacks to blow up an enchantment... Or like a creature ET. I don't know. Even a creature ETB seems kind of a little more abusable for black. But we'll see. Could be
0: on an artifact too.
1: Yeah, they are making artifacts colored. Yeah. Next is a red-white creature with a line of text that reads whenever and ends with draw a card. People have been saying whenever this attacks, you draw a card. (laughs) Because that's just very red-white i makes the most sense. It makes sense, but they have shown that they can. Uh, they have been expanding those colors. You know the, the the red white color scheme to help draw cards. And if this is a creature with artifacts, I think something that would be kind of interesting to see would be like if you cast an or cast an equipment. I mean, not, I mean, equipment's are artifacts, but like when you cast an equipment, draw a card. It's kind of like a, it's like SRAM, but only for equipment. I don't know. I think people definitely be still picking SRAM over something like that. So yeah, maybe equipment, not the right thing. Or maybe whenever a creature gets equipped, because it, when we get to here, you'll see there's supposed to be like a very strong art, art equipment theme in this set as well.
0: And then last but not least, we have a card with three different activated abilities that all copy something. That's gross. I know this 100%. Bold claim right here.
1: Do you remember Mirror Pool from, Battle, from Zendikar, Battle for Zendikar? No. It is a land. Let me uh, scry all it up here real quick to make sure I read it correctly. Mirror Pool. Oh, it was Oath of the Gatewatch when it came out. It's a land, enters tapped. It has it taps to add a colorless to, to your mana pool. And then it has two, pay a colorless, tap, sac mirror pool, copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then it has another activated ability of four and a colorless tap, sac mirror pool, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. It's a mythic rare, but I believe that they're going to be expanding on this because they got it there. So is it going to be creating an enchantment or an artifact as well? Is my question, but calling it, we're getting a different, like an upgraded version of mirror pool. It's a land that sacks itself to copy an instant or sorcery or make a token of a creature or a token of, uh. Enchanter artifact, boom, right here. <laughs> Next up in his reveal, there are some snippets of rules text that you will be seeing in Zendikar Rising. Three plus. Uh, that's a lot of things. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like a, an, uh, you know, an effect like three plus the. Cards in their hand, or something like that. Uh, different convert amount mana cost X or less is another rules text. Oh
0: lord! Equal to twenty minus. I that can't e- doesn't sound good. I
1: can't even begin to to speculate on something like that. Equal to twenty minus, like it has to be exorbitantly large. Uh, also remember. There is a commander product that is coming out alongside Zendikar Rising in place of the uh...
0: planeswalker decks.
1: Boom. There we go. That word. So maybe this one specifically is for the commander deck. One of the two commander decks that are coming out.
0: Then also cowards can't block warriors.
1: All the old magic players rejoice.
0: It has come.
1: Cowards, Cowards and are coming warriors. Back. Yeah. People are hyped about that. Then there is don't lose unspent red mana. So we're getting like a omnath uh. with red mana.
0: No, they don't need that.
1: <laughs> Twice the number of equipment. It's another rules text. Oof. <laughs> and then the
0: last one is if it's the third time. Oh, God. That can only be bad, bad things. It
1: feels like the first time. Now it's the very third time. Could have kept going, but don't want to get hit oh, yeah. with a copyright or something <laughs> like that.
0: Right? <laughs> copyright <laughs> infringement.
1: Uh And then he- This is going to be rapid fire. Uh, Finally, here are some creature types that you will be seeing in Zendikar Rising. As fast as we can, JB. First off, there's mouse. Second off, Leviathan Crab. Shapeshifter Rogue. Demon Cleric. Worm Horror. Hydra Horror. Cat Horror. And an Angel Wizard. What? (laughs) That, That piqued JB's interest. White Blue... Angel? I'm I'm a little hyped for that. The cat horror, could though. Could be white-red, too. It could be. But there you have it. Speculate away. Uh, start checking off tomorrow when you watch at uh, 8 Pacific tomorrow morning on twitch.tv slash magic for the premiere of the Zenikar Rising preview season starting. Oh, so... Let us talk about the two new Planeswalkers here before we move on. Well, I mean, yeah, we moved on. We're in the news. News quickies. On Thursday, on the weekly MTG, they showed us two new Chase Mythics. There's a new Jace and a new Nahiri. So, since I'm the Blue Mage, I will talk about Jace, Mir Mage. For Blue Blue 1, you get a 4 loyalty Jace Planeswalker. It has Kicker 2. So when Jace Mirror Mage enters the battlefield, if Jace was kicked, create a token that's a copy of Jace Mirror Mage, except it's not legendary and its starting loyalty is 1. The activated abilities of Jace Mirror Mage are plus 1, scry 2, and then 0, draw a card, reveal it, Remove a number of loyalty counters equal to that card's converted mana cost from Jace, Mere Mage. Good stuff. Yeah, the, the zero is a dark confidant effect. And for five mana, you use one to scry two, and then you zero the other one to draw the card. Like, I'm hyped for this. I, already got a, I, I got a mock-up of this card in my modern deck just to see how it works. Because my my Rhinos, they're zero CMC.
0: No. No, don't do it. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. and see how it works. So, the other one we have is Nahiri, Heir of the Ancients. For two red and white, you get a legendary Nahiri Planeswalker. Comes in with four loyalty. For a plus one, you get to create a 1-1 white core warrior creature token and you may attach an equipment you control to it. Negative two, you can look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal a warrior or equipment card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And you can neg three for Nahiri Air of the Ancients to deal damage to target creature or planeswalker equal to twice the number of equipment you control.
1: This is really cool yeah Embercleave is going to get a resurgence and i do want to note Wanota joiner of forces that's still in standard right i think ah. so <laughs> quick quick google break right now forgive me quick google break ban and restricted there's been so many it's hard to keep up Oh, with yeah. what's been what, especially now with historic being um, uh, its own format. Yep. Nope. Why is will. not banned from standard.
0: I was gonna say I didn't think so. I think it was just banned from historic. And I wonder if Magiri is gonna get uh, gonna get jammed into Stone Blade at all.
1: I mean, I don't see why not. Maybe at like the top end of it. <laughs> I don't know the Neg two. So, think of it in Stoneblade here. Like, you got one sword, one batter skull, like, sword of your flavor, and then one batter skull. Do they run? I mean, sometimes they might run a third sword, but the likelihood of you having them all out at the same time. I think this is going to be more for, like, maybe this is going to create a whole new archetype of, like, artifact magic. I mean, that,
0: that plus one would be nice, though you can circumvent equipment costs.
1: Yes, yes, you can. Batterskull no longer costs five to equip. It's just a plus one from Nahiri after you lose that germ token that gets fatal pushed.
0: Yep. Or uh, passed. Yep.
1: Which happens all the time. I mean, rightfully so. But putting it on a... Because this is a one-one. So it's now... Because uh, Batterskull gets plus four, plus four. So it's now a five-five instead of a four-five.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the germs are zero zeros.
1: Oh, the germs are zero zeros.
0: Pretty sure. Yeah, I think they are. So
1: then Batter Skull gives plus five plus five. God shows you how much I play played against Batter Skull. Batter Skull. Oh, it does get plus four, plus four. So yeah. So now you have a five five vigilance lifelink. Right. Woof. That is what you call some dangerous stuff. But I do want to note. Winota is a warrior. So in standard, this can be grabbing Winota and Emberclave. I feel like that's going to be a thing possibly in standard. There's a deck there. I'm a, I feel it. I feel it in my bones. But in modern, like a whole new a whole new archetype of like equipment where you get like Sunforger to be able to like pull out a bolt or a path for t- two mana in your deck just like straight up toolbox, get the good instance like Lightning Helix. You can even get Deflecting Palm, Boros Charm, all with the Sunforger. Just like you can have special one of us in your deck for this. I don't know. Like Nahiri and Sunforger or just been some things that have been on my mind. Oh my god. It's CMC 4 or less. So some big things that you can cast. You can get a Boil. Oh my god. That, si- that sideboard tech in the main board. You <laughs> can cast Boil with Sunforger. Ooh, and also sideboard material, crushed contraband. White three instant, choose one or both, exile target artifact, exile target enchantment. Well, I feel we have talked about Zendikar here a little bit. We have some news and other quickies to hit you up with. So shall we move on?
0: That we shall. Perfect. Let's do this. All right. So, first up, we have a Magic Online update. The update now lets players block uh, trade request spam.
1: Apparently, it was a big thing. It went live last uh, Thursday, the 26th. Wednesday. (laughs) My dates are off. Wednesday, the 26th. Next, there is a new survey that is out. I've said it once, I've said it before, I've said it a thousand times. People, fill out these surveys. This is how Wizards gets information from its player base. Let them know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, your opinions on these things. It is very important to them because Wizards is a corporation. They take this data very seriously. Links in the description below. Fill it out.
0: Is it bad that I haven't done any of those, JB? You're a bad influence. <laughs> I always forget. Here, here I go
1: spewing to everybody to fill out these surveys, and you, co-host of this week in MTG, have yet to do one.
0: All right. So we had a copy of a Black Lotus recently sell on eBay. It was a PSA ten. Alpha Black Lotus. You want to take a stab? See what you think it's sold for? Are you asking me? Yeah.
1: Well, I'm well aware of what it is already. But well, I, did not, fun. I did not expect it to be this, this, this much, though.
0: Yeah, this is crazy. So it's sold for $250,000. Woof. Ridiculous. Before, it was like...
1: You know, around four to five K, but two hundred and
0: fifty thousand. Well, I guess there was one that was close. There was one. There was a PSA nine point five that sold for two hundred thousand. Getting cards graded make
1: the difference. Right? Um, yeah, because you know they measure the edges and stuff. Like you get the perfect card. You get PSA ten. That makes the difference. So, if you're in the FM area, little uh shameless plugging here of JDub Sports Card and Gamings, who help you with getting your cards graded. Also, there's a video from the buyer. Spanish entrepreneur and YouTuber Ramon Fons has confirmed in a video that he was the one who purchased the $250,000 Black Lotus. Man, to be to be a collector, to be rich. And then just post a video about it. Right? Y'all need to watch it. It's it's pretty good. Next up we have some product news for y'all. K Swiss, company who makes shoes that JB thought didn't make shoes anymore, are now making shoes again. Or they always have been, but there's a special shoe in particular that they have made. This is an article from bleedingcool.com. Magic the Gathering and K-Swiss are bringing consumers and superfans a line of sneakers based on their iconic planeswalker, Jace Bellerin.
0: Uh, JB? Why it always got to be Jace?
1: I s- I sense you're not too happy about this.
0: Why is it always gotta be Jace?
1: Because Jace is like the mage of choice, the the icon of choice when it comes to magic. But why? Next, it's not that cool. Well, because you know, you think magic, you think like a magician, and ma- and then Jace is like the closest that you th- that you got.
0: No, when I think of magic, I don't think of whiny little pretty boy Jace.
1: Well, story-wise, yes. Art-wise, he don't look like a white. little. <laughs> uh,
0: he looks like he should be like Justin Bieber's sidekick.
1: Uh, the Gatewatch, the new boy band from down in Australia. Right. <laughs> with Jace headlining. So the sneakers are crafted with premium leather overlays and underlays that are accented by glow-in-the-dark elements. The leather color lining, collar lining, not colour, collar lining, printed designs, rubber outsole, and extra laces are inspired by Jace's power and costume. Metal lace clip-ons modeled after Jace's character design and a debossed Magic the Gathering logo at the tongue and a sub sublimited sock liner of Jace's artwork complete. The magical renovation of this classic K-Swiss style. They are packaged with a special edition box and tissue paper.
0: Oh, jeez, Even with like special tissue paper?
1: Yeah. Now. <sighs> so, according to... Let's see. So, the limited edition K-Swiss arrives September 1st. So, Tuesday. At dot com with a hundred dollar retail price so i'm gonna go here real quick
0: i was gonna say you better not say you're gonna go and order some no question mark? you're gonna order some aren't you no okay. you friggin' whale I know what you're that's about. like that's like a hundred dollars too much for those shoes only if they
1: have them in my size
0: especially since k-swiss i haven't heard anything of since what 29, you know, 2010 maybe.
1: Well, they're making a comeback. Well, right now on their page, whoa, they got Power Ranger. They have the Psycho Ranger Green. Oh, and they got the putties from the Mighty Morphin action figures. Oh my. Ah, oh, this is God, I'm in nerd heaven right now. Gotta focus. Looking for magic. Magic the Gathering. Where's the shoes? Matt's fangirling. A little bit. I don't don't think it's up on their website
0: right now. (gasps)
1: Because I don't see it. It's
0: because it's not Tuesday yet. Might not be. Oh, I wonder if there's
1: a pre-order on it. Nope. Oh, they have a pre-order carnage. Marvel Legends series Venom Carnage action figure. Ooh, and then they have the Power Rangers Lightning Collection in uh, in Space Yellow Ranger. I'm a Power Ranger fan for y'all out there that didn't know this. But anyways, no, it doesn't look like it's up on the website yet. I'm going to keep this tab open. And as soon as it pops up, I may actually get them if they have them in my size. You're a terrible person. <laughs> Moving on. Why, do, why you got to feed it? Don't feed it. Hey, man, I got to look nice every now and again.
0: Garbage man. Landfill (laughs) Harry. All right, so moving on. We've got Zendikar Rising Mastery Pass details. For the Zendikar Rising set mastery, you get 57 Zendikar Rising boosters and five orbs, which can be redeemed for card styles on the Mastery Tree, like all the previous things. And then with the Mastery Pass, you get a Nahiri Heir of the Ancients Avatar, 20 extra booster packs, 5 Throne of Eldraine, 5 Theros Beyond Death, 5 Ikoria, and 5 M21, 10 Zendikar Rising Mythic Rare Individual Card Rewards, 15 Uncommon ICRs, and then above level 131, you'll get Uncommon ICRs. Oof, and the grinding you gotta do to get 131. Right? Oh, the last two I haven't even come close to getting halfway through. It's ridiculous. I don't, even, I don't get it. Card sleeves. You'll get Zendikar Rising Card Sleeve and a Lithoform Exquisite Card Sleeve. Card styles, you'll get 25 orbs, which can be redeemed in the Mastery Tree. 15 common card styles. 10 uncommon card styles, and 10 rare card styles. They're also throwing in some customizable emotes, which that sounds kind of cool. Uh, you'll get 10 text emotes and 5 sticker emotes. They're also throwing in one premium draft token, which can be redeemed for either premier or traditional draft, and then 4,000 gold and 1,200 gems, and also 5 Different elemental themed swappable pets.
1: The pets are very adorable.
0: Right? The pets are pretty cool.
1: The island one has like the floating Zendikar buckets that rock buckets that are pouring water out.
0: I like the swamp one. It's pretty cool.
1: The fire one's probably my second. My second favorite.
0: Eh. I feel like they missed the mark with the white one, though. For sure. Like but i mean boring i think it looks like the full
1: art land from zendikar like it's you know dune like like you know grand canyon style-esque rock formations is what it really looks like so now let's talk about that mythic invitational survival guide that wizards put on magic.gg so here they're talking about what you can do here um where you can follow the event, which is twitch.tv slash magic, September 10th through the 13th. Cover that already. Zenecar Rising will not be played because Zenicar Rising comes out the week afterwards. Uh, previews are... Fa- uh, fans, this is a big thing right here, actually. So fans of past Zenicar sets should know we're announcing a secret lair drop during the broadcast on Sunday, September 13th. We're looking forward to sharing it with you. So... On the 13th, new secret lair information getting announced. Speculation JB, hit us.
0: Uh, I don't know. It's going to be Zendikar themed? What I'm kind of thinking. Know much, I don't know much about Zendikar. so
1: I think what would be super cool is if they did the creature lands. That's very Zendikar-esque. You got Celestial Colonnade, Raging Ravine, Creeping Tar Pit uh drawing a blank on the rest right now. But that seems like, you know, it's 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 Zendikar-esque, you know, the creatures come alive. I'm pretty sure that's where those dual-colored creature lands came. They had mono-colored ones before, with like the fairy conclave, the tree ape one that makes a three that turns into a three-three ape, and there's the two-one first striker red one. But I think Zendikar was the first time that they had the dual-colored uh, creature lands so if they did a secret layer drop of that i would get that get me some creeping tarpits and celestial colonnades man
0: or you could just buy the ultimate master box toppers but these are clearly going to be looking
1: better than a box topper uh, fight Amy. me fight me
0: <laughs> i will secret layers are dumb <laughs>
1: Also, all all deck lists will be published on the 2020 uh, Mythic Invitational event page at the beginning of round one on Thursday, September 10th. Metagame details and breakdown analysis by Magic Hall of Famer Frank Karsten will be published on Wednesday, September 9th. This is notable because if I'm not mistaken... I've, uh, we covered it back in, God, what was it? It had been around the before times, like in March. Um, Wizard specifically had Frank Karsten stop doing meta analysis and breakdowns. I, I, I vaguely remember this. I could go back in the notes, but this episode's getting long. I'll post it on Twitter or in the Discord if those are interested about that. But yes, Frank Karsten, mathematician extraordinaire. When it comes to uh, breakdowns and metagame analysis. I'm excited to actually be reading that. Um, Open deck lists are going to be a thing as well. Now the crew, the broadcast team, is a stacked broadcast team. We have Maria Bartholi, who is a host, and Day9, who is the other host. We have Riley Knight as the reporter. Manny Davuti. As the desk expert. And the play-by-play action. Is is stacked. We got Marshall Sutclef. We have. Cool Alias V. And Amazonian. Amazonian. Uh, Cedric Phillips. Corey Baumeister. And uh, Bloody. Are all the experts. That are going to be getting interviewed. Between. uh, Between things going on. So I'm I'm excited. This is this is going to be a good a good uh, broadcast team. I feel honestly, anything with Marshall Sutcleft and Cedric Phillips is just going to be really good. Uh, they go on a breakdown of how much money is on the line. First place gets 10k, second gets seven, third place gets 6,500, as does uh, and then fourth place gets six thousand. Fifth through eighth get five k, and then the remainder of it is broken up to 160 second place who can get up to a thousand bucks still. Uh players get an Magic the Gathering branded backpack, invitational backpack patch, Terror of the Peaks playmat, which looks really good because Terror of the Peaks is just a badass card. Holy crap. Looking at this in like uh high res, the photo of Terror of the Peaks, he's like part of the peak he's standing on has skulls embedded into it. Do you see this, JB? oh dude yeah down at the bottom yeah that's even more vicious go terror of the peaks way to be a badass they're also getting a uh magic the gathering branded mobile device battery pack a magic branded notepad and a magic branded silver and black permanent markers Format is historic constructed. There's going to be seven rounds of Swiss Day 1. All matches are best two out of three. 30-minute timer for each player, each match. Day 2, same thing. And then Day 3 and 4 are top eight double elimination playoffs. The broadcast schedule starts at 9 a.m. September 10th, uh, Pacific Time. And then... Uh all, all the days. They start at 9 a.m. So Friday, 9 a.m., Saturday, 9 a.m., Sunday, 9 a.m. Um Those interested in co-streaming are able to do that. You just gotta follow the Wizard Fan content policy and the Twitch content sharing guidelines. And yeah, they're just telling you to play Historic Online at the end of this article. But there is your Invitational Survival Guide.
0: Alright, so we have an update for Magic Esports for the 2020-2021 season. More changes.
1: Who'd have thunk it?
0: Right? Gotta love COVID.
1: I think this is like the uh, fifth time since
0: nah, this has yeah, fifth or sixth time since the start of COVID. So it looks like the Hall of Fame is taking a year off. No new players are going to be inducted this year. Next year it's going to return and it will endeavor to include individuals who have contributed to the game outside of tournament finishes. This is something that people have been calling for for a while to get like
1: content creators that don't play in tournaments and cosplayers and stuff like that you know youtubers podcasters cosplayers so opening up to all those that help
0: benefit the magic community pretty exciting oh yeah then we have the challenger gauntlet the challenger gauntlet re- represents a way for players not in the rivals league or the MPL to reach those goals Every challenger who finishes 11, 4, or better at split championships or the top 8 challengers, whichever number is greater, qualify for the postseason challenger gauntlet. The top 4 finishers in this gauntlet will receive an invite to the Magic Pro League. The 5th through 12th place players will earn an invitation to the Rivals League. And the remaining challengers will receive an invitation to a tournament in the 21-22 season. So that's pretty cool
1: open it up for people to climb into the MPL. That's a big thing to uh, try and churn around, uh, you know, the top level play, not having like 90 to 85% of, you know, MPL members stay there and there's only the, the 10 to 15% that actually just keep churning around, you know, where they're now having a chance to get up there to get more people and see what happens, get more names out. Don't get me wrong, it seems like it's going to be a tough, long battle to get in there, but if you're ready for the fight, you're ready for the challenge, you can make it there. The challenger gauntlet, the gauntlets have been thrown.
0: Boom, boom. So now on to the 2020-2021 season. Okay, so the 2020-2021 season is going to be broken down into three splits, each focused on a set release. The first split will be centered on Zendikar Rising, the second set on codename Equestrian, and the third centered on the set codename Fencing. Each split will require qualifier weekends, which in turn feed a split championship. Players can earn slots in qualifier weekends by performing well in each of the monthly ranked play seasons. Qualifier weekends are two-day constructed best-of-three tournaments, participants, participants will play until they reach seven wins or three losses on day one. Those who reach seven wins are invited back to day two, where they will play until they reach seven wins or two losses. Players who achieve seven wins on day two will be invited to the split championship. While it's subject to change for later splits, the Zendikar Rising Championship will feature all members of the MPL, the Rivals League, all players who qualify via Qualifier Weekends, players who earn 30 match points or more in the Players Tour Finals or, med, or Mythic Invitational, and players who qualify via Magic Online Qualifiers. The Zendikar Rising Championship with 15 rounds of Swiss play with a cut to top 8 and a prize pool of $250,000. Top 4 challengers, players not in the Magic Pro League or Rivals League, will earn an invitation to the 2020-2021 Rivals Gauntlet players with 30 or more match points will be invited to the Equestrian Championship. So grind on, people. Grind on.
1: But how about from there, let's talk about some finances.
0: Cha-ching! Whoop, whoop! Everybody loves the money.
1: As always, we... In our finance section, read an amazing article off of MTG Stocks, which is called their weekly winners, where they have three to five cards that have notably gone up in price that they wish to talk about, and then three to five cards that have seen a decrease in price that they want to put on our radars. Honestly, the weekly winners now should just be called uh, reserve list moving up. (laughs) Right? Cause yeah. I'll just let you know now. Uh top three. All reserve list.
0: Like the week before. Yeah. And the week before.
1: We need to and uh the week before. I think maybe we it's 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 about time that we talk to some people in the magic financial aid community try and get a podcast on going and Discuss, um, discuss some reserve list movements and magic prices and stuff during this COVID time. There you go. That'd be cool. Right? Yeah. One of the big things I believe with this is, you know, magic players are people that still are, are some of the few that can do jobs at home. So they're still getting an income, but they can't go out to eat and drink. So they're spending more money on magic. And magic players are getting old enough and then understanding, you know, like this has value. And so, parking mm-hmm. parking money and stuff that will never be reprinted, quote, never be reprinted. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't think... Watch. They smash the reserve list one of these days.
1: I don't think they're going to smash the reserve list. If anything, what they would do is they would take certain cards off it. The reserve list will still be around. They ain't a, they, I don't think they'll ever abolish it. No. But I think they'll, they'll burn will, it down. I think they'll take they will, things off the reserve they will list.
0: Burn that list down and we will be the next Yu-Gi-Oh!
1: Tangents aside, the first weekly winner we have is Mox Diamond, which has seen an all-time high. It's jumped up 14%, but it's now under $700 at $699.99 for its average price. Um, Side note, uh, weekly winners are always posted on Friday. We record Monday nights. Prices have changed since then, and in Mox Diamond's case, it has The average price of it is $715. Though, market price, which is important, what people are actually buying at, is $401 for this card. Mox Diamond, for those that are wondering, is a zero-drop artifact from Stronghold that reads, If Mox Diamond would enter the battlefield, you may discard a land card instead if you do put Mox Diamond on the battlefield. If you don't, put it in its owner's graveyard. You can tap and add one mana of any color. To its owner's mana pool. So this has moved up in price. But also it's had one printing. Back in the day they had. Uh, there, there was the reserve list loophole. Where they would to be printing cards for tournaments and stuff. And they, that's how they got it into this printing. The From the Vaults Relic. Which has also seen a significant increase. Not as high as the Stronghold version. But it is $599. For the, uh, From the Vaults version. So it looks like Danny needs to get his graded. He's been talking about it. <clears throat> he's been talking about it. Mox Diamond is quoted here saying it's not in an uptrending or new deck. Neither is it in high demand for people that actually are playing the card, because this is like a card that you play in primarily commander. You can't play it. in I mean, you can play it in legacy and vintage There's a couple legacy decks like Legacy lands, Dark Depths. I think also run this, uh, and Dark Depths is like the turbo and stuff like that. They're running that, so the price on it is like I don't I don't think those decks have been running too good, and clearly uh, Peter the author doesn't believe so as well. Next on the weekly winners, we have the revised edition Dual Lands. Uh, Specifically, Bayou, Tropical Island, and Volcanic Island. Uh, These are all lands that tap to add a color to your mana pool of a certain color. They count as a type of land. Uh, Volcanic Island is tap for blue or red, and it counts as an island and a mountain, so you can fetch it up. Legacy Staple very well known very well achieved or sought after for collectors and stuff like that as well they're cards that don't really move down in price so over the past few weeks many reserve lists cards have been going up most of them are unreasonable and probably unsustainable price hikes there are a few exceptions and dual lands are one of those so these three lands reach an all-time high <sighs> they're og duels man like uh, there's not much there's not much else to add on this like these are lands that are sought after, people want, even even in heavily played conditions, you know, they're still fetching for a pretty penny. Uh, let's take a look at TCG player for the volcanic island right now. And filter up for heavily played. HP heavily played versions are still like the cheapest you can find are four hundred bucks. And these That's are
0: ridiculous.
1: Uh, so, uh, Volcanic Island is about $541. Uh, Bayou is not too far behind that at $450. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There, I got nothing else to really add on to that. Lastly, in the weekly winner section, we have Final Fortune. Which is a red, red instant. Take an extra turn after this one. At the end of the turn, you lose the game. Oh, this one was not a reserve list card. My bad, because it's in 7th edition. But it was originally printed in Mirage. But the, the, the version we're talking about specifically is the 7th seventh edi- seventh edition version. Which the average price has shown to spike up to actually 13 bucks now. Market price is still five thirty. You can find them relatively cheap. Um, the sixth edition one is the cheapest one that you can find for just under four bucks. Th- this is a card that's been talked about recently on like commander communities. Uh, I've noticed when scrolling about online, it's a two mana take an extra turn. It helps you finish off your combo. You know, like you just need one more turn to combo off, or you don't want you know, another opponent to get a turn before. Because, you know, when that opponent gets a turn, you're done for. So this gives you a chance, like, one last hurrah. Yeah, no, it's just new EDH. It's just EDH that's been moving this up. So closing off, JB, how about you talk about some cheap pickups?
0: I'm excited for these.
1: All of them are good cheap pickups.
0: Well, my prediction was right.
1: Give it to us, JB. Of them anyway, give us your prediction.
0: So first up, we have Teferi Time Raveler, sitting at twelve dollars and forty nine cents, record low and going down hard. I told you, as soon as rotation hits, this thing was going to tank, and it's already tanking.
1: Yeah, as soon as this thing like hits, gets, I don't know. I'd really pick it up around five or around ten bucks. Like if it gets close to that ten, like that's when you want to start picking up. If they start, I think, sh- I think eight, Eight eight would be a good sweet spot. Fun fact as well. That's, that's what I would pay for anyway. Market price is nine dollars thirty-nine cents. TCG yes. player, you can find them for eight forty-five. So oh, yeah. Oh yes. That, so yeah, you can definitely get them really cheap right now. Like I'd be fine picking up a play set of Teferi Time Rattlers for eight bucks, eight fifty.
0: Uh, and right. even if
1: they went down to like four bucks, like I don't think I'd be too sad about that still. This is a key component in a lot of decks in modern and I don't I don't think it plays I don't think it sees a lot of play in legacy. But pioneer No, not really. Pioneer and modern is where it's really at. You got, you know, any blue white control uh snowblade and uh band snowblade stuff like that. It's a key piece. It's needed and those are like some very strong meta defining decks. So, if you're looking to get into that deck your Teferi Time routers are moving down in price, and it's—I don't know—probably a good time to pick them up.
0: Looks like I might have to log into TCG Sniper.
1: Ooh! Give us the read while you're at it.
0: So a TCG Sniper, you can take—you um, take basically take your link, copy your link, put it into your notifications, put what you want to pay for, and it'll notify you when it gets close or below. Works great. I know I've got it set up for a couple masters boxes right now to alert me whenever there's a flash sale or something like that on there. Picking up cards at a cheap price make any magic player super happy. Mhm. Works great. So next up, we have Fabled Passage and this is the Throne of Eldraine printing. Sitting at $6.72.
1: I am all down for this. This is like what? It's fifth time showing up, fifth or sixth time within the summer showing up that it's moving down in price pretty pretty bigly. Bigly. Oh, yeah. Significantly. (laughs) Pretty bigly. (sighs) Yeah. At Uh. at the beginning of summer, uh, market price was about $11.50. Market price right now is $5.50.
0: And I think, didn't these used to be almost 20 bucks?
1: yep when it first came out, it was ten dollars, then it spiked up in November to twenty bucks and uh, yeah October it spiked up to twenty bucks uh but you could find like uh the market was like around eighteen and then it stayed there for the longest time. quarry comes by drops down, and it's slowly just been climbing down ever since
0: well, and then the m twenty one printing didn't help either right. M twenty one is
1: actually a, a little cheaper. It is uh, five dollars thirty nine cents. This one's print print the, print these cards into the ground. Um, I think it's I think it's well okay for that.
0: Also, just like this uh, next card, we need to print that into the ground too. I we will got uh, never
1: say no to that
0: <laughs> right. We've got noble hierarchy. This is the Modern Masters two printing. Record low and going down, sitting at twenty five dollars. It's a nice price for a noble hierarch.
1: But if you want one for a really good price, the double master ones are where are definitely your best bet.
0: Yeah, they're what like eighteen right now, I think.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> double masters is seventeen twenty. Uh, 29 or market price for 15 bucks you can find some for just under 14 on tcg player right now nice this is so good i like it because this is like a, this is a uh any modern deck that is green a lot of the times you're going to be needing something like this humans uh infect or even any just kind of like cheap ramp at uh, the creature attacky like picking up your play set of this get ready. This would be one that you'd want a TCG sniper up for and maybe hope that it gets to like 10 bucks. Like I'm going to enter this in after we're done and get it to 10 bucks. Cause I would be so happy if this card made it to 10 bucks. Uh, I guess we can talk a little bit of, you know, futures of this card and stuff like that. If we want to talk about price memory of a card like this, this card at its all time high was $80. At That's $80. Crazy. And this is a card that I'd imagine they have a really hard time printing it into a set. I mean, a core set would be understandable. Uh, they've shown that they've done Exalted in core sets. Uh, if we get a return to Alara, then maybe we would see Noble Hierarch. But until then, like, this card has shown that it's it's valuable. It's made in a lot of top uh, top decks, you know, Band Control, Infect Humans, Green, White, Vizier combo decks. We did a TCG Sniper read already. Plug in your Noble Hierarchs for 10 bucks. Be happy when they move down. Who can argue with that? Right. And that'll do it for our cheap pickups. Now let's jump into this very special deck here that J.B., is very happy with it is splicers. Now why would you say that? It has a couple cards that just scream JB in jankiness. The first one is Ephemerate. Listeners out there, think about it, Ephemerate. What white mana instant. Exile one creature you control, then returns to the battlefield under its owner's control and has rebound. I tell you that card, what do you think it's going to be? I'll wait. It's a Soul Herder Blink deck, but specifically for Splicers. So this has uh, Soul Herder as one of its big pieces here. Soul Herder is blue white, one, one, one spirit. When a creature is exiled from the battlefield, put a plus one counter on Soul Herder, and at the beginning of your end step, you may exile another target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Uh, so, what makes this super special, super spicy, is it has all the splicers that you would want. Uh, splicers specifically are known for when they enter the battlefield, you make a 3 3 golem creature, and all the splicers have an effect that golems gain something. So we have Wing Splicer. So uh, whenever I say Splicer, it makes a token when it ETBs. It's a 1 1 for blue 3, and then golems you control have flying. Vital Splicer, green 3 for a 1 1. Pay 1, regenerate target golem you control. Sensor Splicer, it's white 4 for a 1-1. One, one. Golem creatures you control have Vigilance. Maul splicer. 6 green for a 1-1. One, one. Golems you control have Trample. Master splicer. 3 white for a 1-1. One, one. Golems you control get plus 1, plus 1. You have blade splicer. 2 white for a 1-1. One, one. Golems you control have first Strike. So... All of these are in a three-of, except for Vital and Wing Splicer, which are two-ofs.
0: And Sensor Splicer. Sensor, a two of two. sensor Splicer is a two-of, too. Um, sensor Splicer
1: is a two-of. There is actually a couple more Golems in this deck as well. We have Solemn Similar Crumb, four mana, two-two, ETBs. You search your library for a basic land, put it on the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. And then when Solemn dies, you draw a card. And now the spicy beast of golemness for this deck is Precursor Golem. So in ETBs, you make two 3-3 golem artifact creature tokens. When a player casts an instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single golem, that player copies that spell for each other golem that spell could target. Each copy targets a different one of those golems. Honestly... Speaking out loud, I don't know why this is here. It's five mana that makes uh nine nine power pretty much. Because targeting an ephemerate on a golem token to blink all your tokens, not very happy about that. So I think it's just five mana worth of power. Of nine hey, uh, nine worth
0: power. No no no. No. What am Expand I missing? Expand your thinking. Expand your thinking. What happens when you exile your tokens?
1: Oh, it does make Soul Herder really big. Going for an Alpha Strike. Or protect it if someone casts. Because if
0: Ephemerate is an instant. Yep. Swing all out on combat. If Soul Herder's not blocked, boom.
1: There we go. They choose their blockers, you know. That's actually mm-hmm. pretty smart. There are... Because
0: I thought so too. I was like, what the hell? Why do they want a Precursor Golem? Then I started thinking about it more. Thinking about it more. I'm like... Oh. I see what they did there.
1: Yeah, that's actually not bad. Thinking about it, you know, it's just a it's just another angle to help Soul Herder in here. So yeah, the pri- the the pri- the primary things that you're typically going to want to blink with Soul Herder are going to be the splicers. You know, be pumping out more golems, making three three board. Can't hard to argue with that. Like you got three three flyers or three three first strikers or three three vigilance creatures. It's all pretty solid.
0: Also, don't forget Archaeomancer.
1: Yes, Archaeomancer, which is a way for you to get your Ephemerates back. I Feel maybe that you could probably do something a little better, but this is a budget. This is a a really strong budget deck, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. The uh, yeah, that's
0: another reason why I picked it because it's still, you know, it's fairly cheap. I mean, it's it's a good, it's a good baseline that could easily be upgraded.
1: Yes. and the money is in the land base, but the only reason why it's so expensive is some of these lands that they got are the full art uh, $1, $2 lands. So you can change that up and make them basics and cut the price by like 20 bucks easily. Um, they got a playset of Sun Petal Grove, which is a buddy land or a check land that checks and uh, taps for a green, white. Hinterland Harbor, a check land that taps for green, blue, green, or blue. And then Glacial Forest, which is a check land that taps for. White or blue, and then finally in this deck they have four of Farseek, where you search your library for a Plains, Island, Swamp, Mountain, and put it in the battlefield tapped, and shuffle your library. Honestly, with that, I think that could be like changed. I don't know, Path. I like Path to Exile in place of that. You know, have have some sort of removal right. or yep, put a little bit of removal or something in there, right. I feel that's important. So yeah, you're you're pretty much ephemerating your splicers. Your bounce, your uh, soul herder trigger is always going to be targeting a splicer. The downside to this is it's it's very high, it's very mana intensive. The cheapest splicer that you can cast, or I mean, you got soul herder to cast too, but is it's three mana. That's the thing that, that's as soon as you can drop something on the board is turn three uh with blade splicer cuz it's 3 mana and soul herder it's 3 mana. Otherwise it's 4s and 5s and then a 7 mana for the trample one. You know, if anything I'd probably swap the wing splicer with the mall splicer around. I'd go a 2 of mall splicer or heck even a 1 of mall splicer get a full playset set of wing splicer. Right? The, the evasion, I feel, is a little more important than trample. It allows you to cover more things, you know, like 1-1 spirits from a a, a lingering soul, or uh, why am I drawing blank, an ice fane quaddle as well, you know, block up in there, like if they don't have death touch going on with a quaddle. Uh, do you want to note, Solemn is a golem.
0: Let's be real here. It, yep. get, it
1: gets buffed from all the splicers as well, so that's important. So let's get real here, you said?
0: Yeah, let's get real. And Ice if if someone's running an ice bang, it's gonna have death touch. Uh yeah, yeah. There's no reason not to run the snowlands if you're running an ice bang.
1: Well, right. But maybe they don't got the snowlands going like they fetched for some uh shocks instead. And then they only got like two? But yeah, in place of the far seek, like the ramp is good. This is just a slow deck.
0: Mm. Yeah, this is just a slow yeah, deck. This is uh this is something that you could uh add your cheaply sniped noble hierarchs to.
1: You know, noble hierarchs with some golems would be really good in here.
0: Yep, because it taps for bant, which is all the colors you want. Right.
1: And it makes a singleton one swinging stronger. Gives you a strong board behind as well, so you can be casting blade splicer or even soul herder on turn two. So yeah, my suggestions: mm-hmm. uh, cut back on the mall splicers. Maybe just have a one of to get a full of the Wing splicers. <clears throat> I do like a full playset of blade splicers as well because it's you know it's your cheapest things. So. You know, maybe go back on a yeah, maybe just cut the mall splicers all out in general,
0: all three gone, yeah, I feel like that's it's that's so much just mana. a lot you're you draw one of those, you're, you're not never happy. gonna get, it. yeah, and you're never gonna get that high you you wanna be done with the game by the time you get, me.
1: so yeah, disperse the mall splicers between blade splicer. And the wing splicer. The vital splicer is pretty cool. Regenerating is nice. The precursor golem is actually Yeah, that spiciness with blinking all your golems to make a, a an alpha swing with Soul Herder. Not too right. shabby. But yeah. Path to Exiles in place of the Fire Seek. I feel that would probably help clean it up a little bit. It does have twenty four lands here. I feel twenty four lands is pretty pretty decent
0: know, yeah, I mean, you you'll always want to adjust the land base too. I mean, it that's a a, a pretty budget land base, so mm-hmm. there's always room for improvement there
1: for sure. Well, there you have it, deck of the week splicers brought to us br- by Barry Leo. This is super cool. I like this deck a lot. This is this this looks very fun. You could probably you could bring this to uh, a a webcam FNM. You could bring oh, this yeah, to a webcam FNM. I would. So JB, there we have it. We have an episode. We did it, and I don't think we derailed that much.
0: No, honestly, it really wasn't that much.
1: Is it? Is it Danny the, is the one that derails us? Or do we just derail <gasps> to fuck around with him?
0: I think it's more that second option.
1: I do like that one, too. It's always fun to get his response. Do you think he's going to listen to the end of this?
0: No, I don't think he's going to listen to the nah, he's not going to listen to the end of this. So let's just talk a little shit about him. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: y'all made it to the end. Thank you so much. You are truly legendary for making it all the way to the end here. Uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Join the Discord. We have great conversations and stuff going on there pretty frequently. If you have questions, comments, concerns, shoot us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or Discord where you can talk to JB, Danny, or myself. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, whether it be Apple or Google or Stitcher or Spotify. And closing off with one final plug for JW Sports Card and Gaming, reminder of their bounty program going on if you have arid mesa polluted delta or like shock uh, there's a couple others uh they post it up on their facebook group check it out you want to get some extra in-store cred an extra 10 percent? hit them up and jb is there anything else we need to cover
0: no i think that about covers it
1: boom this is proof that jb and i can do a podcast without danny keeping us in line right mark it in your history books folks and we'll catch you next week
0: see ya